Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Praise God. Alright, so we, we continue with uh, our topic on the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is going to be part number three. And uh, I'm trying to make you understand that you as a believer, you are actually filled with the Holy Spirit. And that when you, when you realize that, and you begin to walk in the light of that understanding, every situation you find yourself, there will be released of the amount of grace or the, the very aspect of the Spirit that you will need at a particular time. So, it's like, if you need wisdom for the situation, wisdom comes. If you need faith for the situation, faith comes. Whatever thing you need, and they are all embedded in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. They are all embedded in the Holy Spirit. So, I need you to get this right. Now, again, we read John 1, verse 15 to 16. And here the Bible says, John bear witness of him. John 1, 15, 16. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Number 16. 16 says, And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. Of the fullness of the Christ have we all received, and grace for grace. So, Two ways. You're moving from grace to grace. At the same time, there is a measure of grace that each and every one of us manifests out of that fullness that we have received of him. Amen? Now, if you look at John chapter 4, verse number 10, an interesting discourse in relation to Jesus and the woman at the well. John chapter 4, verse number 10. And this is what he says. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wilt have asked of him, and he will have given thee living water. Remember the story of the woman at the well, right? Okay. Verse 11 says, The woman said unto him, Sir, thou have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Verse 13 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever shall drink or drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of springing water, springing up into everlasting life. A well of springing up into everlasting life. Well of water springing up. In other words, it doesn't dry, it doesn't cease. There is a constant flow. 
from that realm that he wants to provide. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. When he gives you the Holy Spirit, it's a constant flow. That's why grace for grace. Grace to be a constant flow of the Spirit. There is no limitation. There is no restriction. If you can receive the Spirit. Amen. Again, we look at John chapter 7, verse 37. Praise God. John 7, verse 37. Bible says in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Verse 39 says, For this spake he of the Spirit. With they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen. Living waters flowing. Like a spring that cannot be stopped. Constant supply of that spring. Great deep. Which, you know, you communicate, you receive everything. Every aspect of that which the Holy Spirit can provide. Out of your belly shall flow. Meaning, there is a full residence of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your spirit. There is no restriction to it. Amen? Praise the living God. There is a supply of light, a supply of life, love, liberty. All of the graces of the indwelling spirit. From the indwelling Christ. Once you receive that Christ. Everything flows out of it. Everything comes out of it. You just need to get to understand this part that. You are not looking for more of the spirit of God. To be able to do whatever you need to do. No. Praise the living God. Are you listening? Good. You, you don't need more of it. Anywhere we think. We, we do sing more of you Lord. More of you. Whatever. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like you're talking about the panting, I mean, or the deer for spring waters, whatever the case may be. You, but the truth of the matter remains that he has filled you with himself and is resident within you. You can only allow him to come out, to be revealed and released based on the situation or the circumstance that you are supposed to find yourself. Where he's supposed to come in. Praise the living God. The Jews actually compare the gift and the influence of the Holy Spirit to water in general. Like rain, fountains, wells, rivers. That's how the Jews believed it when you talk about the Holy Spirit. They have all of those, uh, you know, metaphors describing the Holy Spirit. Praise the living God. They call the Holy Spirit rain, they call him water, they call him river. All of those names are given to the Holy Spirit and the Jews believe that. You can also find that in scripture if you take time to read. Anyway, for instance, you look at Psalm 38 verse 8 and 9. Let's just look at the last one and then we'll see what I'm saying there. Psalm 36, 8 and 9. Psalm 36, 8 and 9. Praise God. There shall be abundance satisfied with the fatness of the house and thou shalt make them drink of the river of their pleasure. You see that? Look at verse 9. 
For, thee, for with thee is the fountain of life. And the light shall we do what? See light. In the light shall we see light. When the rain comes, when the fountain comes, everything becomes out. This life is released. It's abundant is slavery. It's liberty is released. It's freedom is released. They're all in the spirit. Hallelujah. So, when you walk in the spirit, when you, when you come to that consciousness of knowing that you're actually carrying the Holy Spirit, you, you don't think we'll be waiting for more of the Spirit to come. What is expected of you is to reveal that it was already within you. Praise God. A manifestation of the graces that are already embedded in the Spirit is what we're talking about. How that you can walk the walk that God has ordained for you, living out your life on a daily basis, believing and knowing that is resident within you, and that you can transform your situation, life, whatever thing around you, by allowing him to flow out. That is all you need. To walk in the spirit. As the one that have the fullness. Remember, of him have we received grace for grace. Amen? So we move from grace to grace. We release from grace to grace. We manifest from grace to grace. Everything that is within us. And uh, we're going to go down again and show you. Like I said, 1 Corinthians 12, once again, verse 4. Let's just read that. 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 4. King James. Now, there are diversity of gifts about the same Spirit, and there are differences of administration about the same Lord. And there are diversity of operation, but is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with that. In other words, like I said before, God intends us to have profit, to make profit, to make gain. The Lord has given the spirit to everyone to profit from. So it's not meant for some people alone. It's for everyone, every believer that have received Christ into his or her life. You're meant to profit from the spirit. You're meant to gain from the spirit. You're meant to make, have, have headway, if I may use the word, from the spirit that's resident within you. It's not the one that is coming again tomorrow. It's not the one that you are crying for. It's not the one you are looking for outside of you. Except Christ is not in you. Christ is the fullness and embodiment of the Holy Spirit. I said that before. When we talk about salvation, that is all about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is all about salvation. Amen? Praise God. Are we here? Alright. So, get that right. Simple definition. Again, we look at the life of Jesus Christ. So look at Luke chapter 1 verse number, Luke 4 verse number 1. Jesus now. I mentioned that the previous, but I just want you to take a look at it again. Luke chapter 1 verse number, chapter 4 verse number 1. And Jesus being full of what? Of the Holy Ghost. Returned for Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Where? Into the wilderness. What was he full of? Full of the Holy Ghost. So what happened when he was full of the Holy Spirit? Again, we write that in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Acts 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Amen. And I made you to understand that he was full of Holy Ghost and power because he was to manifest or reveal his true identity as the Messiah. Amen? 
That's why it was full of the Holy Ghost. Remember, Luke chapter 4, it was full of the Holy Ghost. Now, you said, full of the Holy Ghost and what with power. So what, why the power? And that is for him to manifest or to reveal exactly who he was. And that is to say, the Messiah. Amen? Okay. Now let me show you a typical example now. Luke chapter 7 verse 19. You still dealing with the use of Jesus. He was full of the Holy Ghost and with power. To prove one point that he was the Messiah. So out of the fullness that was in him, something was coming out which has to do with what? Power. To prove a point. To reveal his true identity. Luke chapter 7 verse 19. The Bible says, And John, calling unto two of his disciples, sent them to who? To Jesus. Saying, Are thou he that should come or looking for another? In other words, are you the Messiah we expected? Praise the living God. Yeah, you, you just tell me, are you the Messiah? Remember, before now he has identified him as the Messiah. As it were, the Lamb of God, take away the sin of the world. And while he was baptizing there, the Holy Ghost came to identify him as the Messiah. Why was he asking this question? He was lost in terms of, because now he was in prison and he was wondering, if he be the Messiah, he should have been able to come and help him out. And basically also that was because the spirit that was resident in him, that was using him, which is the spirit and the power of Elijah, had been lifted. Because the ministry that he was supposed to accomplish was already finished. Are you there with me? Right. Through the ministry, which we call the power and the spirit of Elijah that was resident in him, have lifted at this particular time. So it was normal. He was just himself. He was no longer in the spirit, when I mean, use the word. You know, a typical example is what you find with the issue of Matthew 16, when you look at the case of, um, is it 16 or 18? When you look at the case of uh, Peter, after, you, you remember that, right? When he said, who is son of man? He said, thou Christ, the son of the living God. Is that okay? Right. And in the next verse, what happened? He turned around and began to rebuke Jesus, right? And Jesus said, get thee behind me. So you see, in that split second, where he was able to reveal Christ, it was in the spirit. And instantly he dropped down to become a natural man. You could understand again what he said. Are you there with me now? So, John was already in the spirit, walking with the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the heart of the fathers unto the children, children to the fathers. He has already done that right there at River Jordan. Now he was in prison. He was no longer flowing in that realm. He was no longer in that spirit. The spirit that was using him was already out. And so he was lost and was wondering, if this is the Messiah, then he should have been able to come and save me out here. So you go and find out from him. Is it the one or not? Are you getting the picture now? Alright. Look at verse 20. Then when the men were come unto him, they said, John baptized, John Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Are thou the he that should come, or look we for another? You got a question there? Are you the Messiah? Or we should be waiting for somebody else? Okay, verse 21. And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirit. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. The next verse says, verse 22. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. How that a blind see, 
The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. So the poor gospel is preached. What's the next scene? And blessed is he. Whosoever shall not be offended in me. What do you think he did here? Okay. Are you the Messiah or not? It will have been a simple answer. I am the Messiah or I am not the Messiah. Is that okay? But in that instant, what did he do? He healed the sick, got the blind to see, got the lame to walk, the lepers cleans. Go and tell him what you've seen. Why? Because there is scripture that proved it that when the Messiah comes, this is what he's going to do. Don't forget what I'm dealing with. God anointed Jesus. I mean, with power and the full of what? The Holy Ghost. Is that a go? We're about doing good. So now, this is what he wanted to prove to John now. Instead of using his word to tell John I'm the Messiah, he told the disciples, you go tell John what you've seen. And John knew that when the Messiah comes, these are the things that he was going to do. The Jews understood that. Is that okay? So the evidence for him to be, I mean, to be seen as the Messiah was what he was going to do. Now, he was full of Holy Ghost with power to prove that he was the Messiah. Are you still there with me? Right. Now, let, let's take a scripture on that, for instance. One of the major scriptures the Jews believed in was Isaiah 35, verse number 5. It's touching what the Messiah would do. Isaiah 35, verse number 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the dead shall be what? Unstopped. This is the key scripture. There are several other ones, but this is the major key scripture that the Jews believe. That when the Messiah comes, he's going to fulfill this. And that's why you see, when you read that in the book of, uh, what they call it, Matthew chapter 12, when it says, Is he not the son of David? Remember that? Good. The son of David is the Messiah. So when they say, is he not the son of David in Matthew chapter 12? What they meant to say, is he not the Messiah? Right? And the Jews come up to say, no, no, no. This might using the spirit of Bezebel. By implication, they wanted to discredit him that he's not the Messiah. So they were ascribing the power that was flowing out of him to another spirit so that people would not take him to be the Messiah. They don't want him to be accepted as the Messiah. Do you understand that? That was the question. Don't believe this man is using the spirit of Bezebub. So the accusation was to take the mind of people away from that simple question that they've asked. Is he not the son of David? By implication, is he not the Messiah? Amen? Are you following me? So now, God is right. He was full of what? Holy Ghost with what? With power. Why? So that he can reveal who he was as what? The Messiah. Okay, let's look at something again here. Acts chapter 4, verse number 9. This is Peter now. Acts chapter 4, verse number 9. When you're full of the Holy Ghost and with power, something happens. I mean, full of the Holy Ghost, something begins to happen here. Look at it. Verse 9. If we this day, now remember, they were arrested. Is that okay? For preaching the gospel. Especially after they healed the man by the beautiful gate in Acts chapter 3. And then they were arrested. And they were being questioned and being told, if need be, they should no longer preach in the name of Jesus, right? Okay. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means is made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, 
about the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we may crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Now, get it again. Let me explain. You don't see Paul, I mean Peter, anywhere else trying to do a miracle and using the name Jesus of Nazareth. What you ever see him do or say is in the name of Jesus. All the time, like in the case of Dorcas, Tabitha, arise. Is that okay? Right. Why is it so? Yet, this is time, they were just beginning the whole walk. And when he used the word, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he was very specific because Jesus had in main headquarters, Nazareth and Galilee. Born in Nazareth, as the case may be. So, the, he was trying to tell them, that one you rejected, meaning there were other people that were called Jesus. But the one with which power this thing is being done is the one you rejected, called Jesus of Nazareth. Are, are you getting the point now? Meaning there were several other people called Jesus in his days. So, it's like it was a common name, if you will. But we're not saying, this Jesus is the one that was in Nazareth. Down to Galilee. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Are you following this? Did you catch what I said there? Right. So that's why I use the word Jesus of Nazareth. Amen? Okay. Verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw what? The boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with you, with Jesus. So one thing that happens to you when you're full of the Holy Ghost is boldness. Amen? Remember, they were already filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. Is that okay? Right. And like people used to say, if you take time to study scripture, you find that before Jesus died, you, you know that Peter was such a timid guy, somebody who was very much afraid, denied Jesus because a little girl came to ask the question, you are one of those people. Is that okay? Fear was in his life. But now, on the, on the upper room, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, something else entered into his life. So once you feel with the Holy Ghost, you be bold. And one of the things that causes you not just to be bold is, is moving you towards witnessing towards soul winning so what declaring who jesus is i mean you literally can stand to declare who jesus is even if you're facing danger when you fool with the holy spirit it takes you over it drains your fears and doubt and unbelief it shrinks every timidity that is in your life and releases the spirit of boldness you can declare christ anywhere anytime once you fill with the Holy Spirit, there's a flow of the spirit of boldness that enables you to declare who Jesus really is. It takes away shame, it takes away fear, it takes away doubt, it takes away unbelief. I don't know if you are following this. Yeah. Even the things that makes you feel you are not, you know, educated enough, you are not mature enough, you are not uh, spiritually good. You know, all of those excuses you can give for not declaring who Jesus is are taken away from you. If you rely on the Holy Spirit, because it's no longer you, 
It is the boldness coming from the Holy Spirit. Are you getting that? Praise the living God. So one of the things that will give you boldness is to realize that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you allow Him to flow. In other words, you find yourself in any situation where people seem to have doubt, unbelief, and even threatening you, you find that instead of keeping your mouth shut, you are going to be speaking. It's no longer you. That is the grace, the grace for boldness to witness as to who Jesus really is who begin to flow in your life. Did you get that? Praise God. Okay. Maybe we'll take this one more for today. Let's go down to the life of Stephen. Acts chapter 6, verse number 3. Acts 6, verse number 3. Now, remember, there was this problem in the church, confusion in the church, and uh, the Grecian women were saying, well, the Hebrews are not giving them enough food, and all of those things. Praise the living God. So here we go. The Bible says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men, of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit, or full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Now, I want you to know that. The men that are going to be chosen should be full of the Holy Ghost and what? Wisdom, not power. Did you get that? Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost and what? Power. Because you have to do signs, wonders, and miracles to prove that the Messiah. But this one is full of Holy Ghost and what? Wisdom. Is that Okay. We may appoint over this business, but we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the Bible says, And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of what? Faith and of what? The Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procosius, and Nicolon, and Timon, and Pemanus, and Nicholas, proselyte of Antioch. Praise the living God. The need man with wisdom, the Philip that was picked here, was full of Holy Ghost and faith. Now you can understand why he was able to do what he did in Samaria. Though he was a deacon. Is that okay? Right. He was appointed as a deacon in the midst of the church, but he's the one that opened up Samaria. Remember that? Why? Because he was full of Holy Ghost and what? Faith. So you need faith to open up territories. You need faith. To, it's like missionaries going to a new field. What they need is faith. You're full of Holy Ghost and then it takes you on. Praise the living God. I was talking to Pastor when I actually had the meeting in John Kramer. I feel like relocating there. <laughs> I was telling him, honestly, I just look at the people. I just see they need a shepherd. They, they need someone. I say I don't know how it's going to look like, but I just feel like relocating there to work with the people. Amen. Praise the living God. There is this thing that drives you, that gives you the desire to go forth with the gospel, to get more people to come into the knowledge of the truth. The drive is there, not the spirit of faith. Praise the living God. This is not just the faith to do. I mean, to get things. You know. <laughs> to acquire property. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about here. This is the faith that pushes the gospel to territories that if need be, people have never been before. Praise God. Alright, so, look at verse 14. And that's Philip, right? We just talked about Philip now. Full of Holy Ghost and what? And faith. Glory to God. I like that. You should be thinking about what you are full of and what's supposed to be coming out of your life. If Jesus was with power... 
Is that okay? Peter came in with boldness because full of the Holy Ghost, right? And then Philip was full of Holy Ghost and faith because he's moving to another territory and not just serving tables. It never ended there. Okay? Acts chapter 6 verse 14. Hallelujah. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth. Now, remember, this is Stephen now. Is that okay? This is Stephen now. Okay. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the, the, the custom which Moses delivers. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as if it had been the face of God. An angel. Glory. God's glory was radiating in his face. The face of Stephen. Alright. It was the first matter in the Bible. Go to chapter 7 verse number 1. Acts 7 verse number 1. Then said the high priest. Are these things so? He's questioning now. Philip. Is that, I mean uh, Stephen. Is that okay? Are these things so? And he said. Men, brethren and fathers. Hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham. When he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Canaan, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. Amen. Praise the living God. You go read the story. The whole of chapter 7 was a summary of the call of Abraham down to the promised land. Did you get that? Hallelujah. Now, remember. We are told here that he was full of, I mean, it's among the deacons, supposed to be full of Holy Ghost and what? Wisdom. Is that okay? All right. Okay. Now, look at this. Go to verse 55. You can take down and read all of this story, but go to verse 55. Mm. Glory. Are you with me? But he being full of what? The Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven. And saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Can you see that? And said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and saw their ears and ran upon him with what? One accord. What do you think is going on here? First of all, why they did this was, we don't want to hear. You know what? Is bringing the blood of this man upon our lives. For him to see Jesus, the first Jesus has been crucified and say standing before the right hand of God. So it's like judgment is going to come unto them. That's why they cried out and we don't want to hear anymore. It's like saying, you're bringing his blood upon our lives. Are you there with me? But the point I want to show you here is back a, bit, a little bit. 55 and 56. Right there he said was full of Holy Ghost. And he lifted up his eyes, ah, glory, into heaven and saw. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you see things in the Spirit that ordinarily you cannot see, even with your eyes open. Glory to God. You could see things, so I would call this open vision. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you can see into the spirit realm. You can see visions. You can see revelations even when you're walking on the road. Stephen saw. Glory to God. And sometimes when I read this passage, 
Something always comes to my mind. And that is, here was somebody. I mean, if you understand, the Bible says, Christ has finished everything and is not sitting at the right hand of God. For where all enemies shall be brought under his feet. Remember that? But here he does him, Jesus, standing up. Because a martyr is coming, so it was high respect for Stephen to receive him. When a general or when somebody of importance comes to a place, what happened? People stand up. Did you get that? So here was high respect for who? For Stephen coming back home. Jesus stood up from his seat to receive him. Praise God, somebody. Just like you see the prodigal son father standing by the gate to receive him. This is a reception for a highly placed personality. So that tells you the kind of value you should be having by the way you serve God, by the things you do, by your relationship with Christ. The heaven have record of your activities. Praise the living God. So Jesus stood up to receive him. Now let me show you something here while I try to close here. John 14 verse 25. How come Stephen, glory, glory, how come Stephen could recount the whole story right from where God called Abraham down to the promised land? Down to the time of the Holy Spirit. How come Stephen could recall all of those things? Even if it was just simply by what I'll call oral history. Because he wasn't there when all those things happened. So let us even understand that, you know, by oral documentation, they mentioned it to him, they told him all of those things. How could you remember all of those things? John 14, verse 25. Praise God. Are you there? Now, Jesus speaking to the disciples said, These things have I spoken unto you, being here present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and I want you to know that, and bring all things toward your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Praise God. Are you there with me? Good. Because you are full of Holy Ghost, everything that had ever happened, they came to his mind. He could recount the whole story from the call of Abraham down to the promised land, down to where the Holy Ghost came, that when Jesus was killed and the Holy Ghost came, all of those things, he could recount all of them because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise the Lord. So the spirit world opens up to you when you are full of the Holy Ghost. You can remember things of old and especially the scriptures that you have read and studied. They can stand your ground in witnessing without doubt. When you come to that place where you are truly full of the Holy Ghost, this is your experience. You begin to remember some of the things you've heard before, the things you've been taught, the things you read. They just flow into your mind at the point at which you need them. Are you with me, somebody? At the second sense at which you need those things, they just flow in there. That is why you need to study your scripture. You need to read your Bible. You need to study diligently. If you're just reading through the scripture, read through them. Because you will need them in a particular time. And the Holy Ghost will help. Because you're full of it, 
they will just be popping up. You'll be wondering how you're remembering the scriptures that are coming. That's the Holy Spirit helping you out, which is resident on your inside. So, like I always say, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't read the scriptures, what will the Holy Ghost remind you of? Praise God. Are you with me? Right. What will it remind you of? This is very important. I see in Matthew chapter 4, we can see the exact example, I mean, the point at which Jesus demonstrated what I'm talking about. When he was full of the Holy Ghost after baptism. Is that okay? Like you read in Luke chapter 4 or so. The Spirit took him to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was full of the Holy Ghost, right? And what's the next thing that happened? The devil said, if you be the son of man, turn this stone to bread. What did he say? It is written. Now the Holy Spirit was not reminding him of the things he has learned as a young man, as a Jewish person. Can you get the picture? So important. All the scripture I have read before, as a young man, learning, you know, the Holy Spirit just started bringing all this thing back to his mind. So he used the scriptures to attack the devil. Sometimes while it is good to pray, the quickest way to get the devil to flee from your life is to release scriptures that are written. God honor his word, honor his name, if you will. Praise God. Did you get that? Yeah. If you know the scripture, and the devil is coming to tempt you, all you need to do is to lift up the scripture. Instead of shouting and praying and crying, lift up the scripture. How did Jesus overcome the devil? He lifted up the scripture to the devil. And that's all. For God honor his word more than his name. Oh glory. Did you get that? Right. So when you are full of the Holy Ghost and you have the scriptures right on your inside, any situation, a scripture pops up. Any situation, the mind is reminded. You are reminded by the Spirit. It brings to your remembrance. The accum- all the accumulated knowledge, they all just flow together when you are in a situation that needs scriptures to be quoted. Praise the living God. I mean, I'm trying to say, you are full of the Holy Spirit and you can walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. By implication, grace for grace. In only situation, you need grace. You must come to the throne to find grace to help in times of need. Right? Good. The grace you need flows from where? The Holy Spirit. Which is resident on your inside. Out of their belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. So if you can come to that place of knowing, like Stephen, you can remember things. You can remember messages that you've listened to. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, and now you are in a situation that those messages are relevant for you, they just jump out. You will not even know how, but they are just coming out. Why? Because you are full of the Holy Spirit. You must know it that you are full of the Holy Spirit. It's not what is coming tomorrow again that is going to fill you up. You are already full of the Holy Spirit. We have received from that His fullness. Amen? Yeah, His fullness have we received. So, we are walking in that realm of his fullness. And so in so doing, we can manifest whatever grace that we need to manifest at any particular time. So, it, just to cap it up again, you find that Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost and what? Power. Is that okay? Peter was full of the Holy Ghost and what? Boldness to witness. Are you there with me? Philip was full of Holy Ghost and what? Faith to be able to push through Samaria. And get the harvest of Jesus' message to come through. And now we find that Stephen was full of Holy Ghost and wisdom to reveal all that happened from the very call of Abraham to date. That was wisdom speaking. 
Are you there with me? Praise the living God, somebody. So I got to make you understand this, that you, you are already full of the Holy Spirit. And God intends you to work it out. In other words, manifest those graces part-time, whatever it is needed. Like in the case of Stephen now, this was a time of trial. And then he began to speak. He was not reading from any book. He was just speaking, recounting everything that happened right from the call of Abraham. That was wisdom speaking. Why? Because it was full of Holy Ghost and wisdom. Praise the living God, somebody. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.